0: Good morning, everybody Ooh, and welcome to chapel.
1: Today, Lydia Asifa and Bryce Bowe, both seniors, will be sharing reflections from their faith journey through their time at Goshen. Before they begin, I will light this lamp here as a reminder of God's presence here during this time of reflecting of reflecting. Now let's pray. God who created us with minds to observe events and process them and to see your work in our lives. Thank you for this chance to hear Lydia and Bryce's stories. Help them to speak with truth and clarity so that we can find our own truth in them. Amen. If you would please turn in your blue hymnals to 12. Come let us all unite to sing and please stand. As I began to think about articulating a faith statement and wondering where to start, I realized that in many ways, my faith story is largely connected with my journey to Goshen College. So before I talk about my time at Goshen, I need to first explain my faith background before GC. I've grown up in the Mennonite Church my whole life, and from the time I began grade school, I grew up a pastor's daughter. Through this experience, the church was a constant and persistent presence in my life, something that was always there, assumed and taken for granted. In the values and lessons of my parents, Sunday school teachers, mentors, and family friends, the presence of church and church life was cemented in my life. In spite of this influence, however, my life was also significantly disjointed with my attendance in a large urban public school on the one hand and in an intimate close-knit church community on the other while church was always in the background a shared experience with my home and congregation within my home and congregation my life was compartmentalized with school and church as two divergent separate and rarely intersecting realities as a self-recognized and confirmed religious minority at school, I consciously and unconsciously avoided conversations about my faith and spirituality, relegating God to a part of only my church experience. In response, I maintained two seemingly distinct identities at school and at church, with very few school friends knowing my father's occupation as a pastor or my Mennonite beliefs, and neglecting to invite any school friends to my baptism. As a result of this fragmented, compartmentalized experience of church and school, I was slowly drawn to a Mennonite college and faith community. I look forward to being a part of a community where I was not forced to overtly defend my faith or or silently resist the assertions of others. While the Goshen community has been helpful in providing a safe and welcome place for spiritual formation, it has also given me an enlarged perception of God and God's presence that transcends my previous categories and compartments for God. Through the exploration of deeper interpersonal relationships and connections at Goshen, my acknowledgement and perception of God is no longer narrowly confined to my home or congregation but spills out to classroom analysis, conversations over lunch or solitary walks through campus. These experiences have refreshed and renewed my ability and courage to see and acknowledge God in my life and in the lives of those around me. One example of the many ways I have been stretched to see God and acknowledge God beyond the designated time and place of church life occurred in the fall of my sophomore year. With one year of college under my belt, I assumed that sophomore year would be a breeze, more or less. However, with the introduction of several upper level um, courses and collegiate athletics, I quickly became overwhelmed. After spending yet another late night in the computer lab, cranking out a paper, I hurriedly rushed to class the next morning, leaving the forgotten paper in my room even more frazzled than before, frustrated with my forgetfulness, I asked permission of my professor to turn the paper in later when I had time to return to my room. With this permission I came back to the professor's office later that day hoping to discreetly and anonymously slip the paper under the door, but instead I encountered the professor with his office door open. As I quickly laid the paper on the table, the professor detained me with an expression of concern, observing that I seemed a bit stressed and asking me if I was all right. With this concern, a flood of tears ensued as I wept my way into a nearby chair, overwhelmed both by his genuine compassion and the transparency of my situation. In this experience, as I talked, about my, or as I talked out my concerns and received assurance from my professor, I saw God in the astute care and compassion of another. This experience pushed me to share and receive divine direction and connection in my everyday experience instead of merely within a formal and compartmentalized church setting. Another example of my enlarged understanding of God's pervasive presence happened the summer after my junior year. Following SST in Tanzania in the spring semester, I flew to Ethiopia for three months to visit my extended family, do an internship, and conduct research. As a part of my research, I obtained conversion stories and life narratives from members of the Masoretic Christos Church, or the Ethiopian Mennonite Church. These interviews were largely unstructured narratives of their spiritual journey told by the interviewees. All these interviews were important reminders and lessons of the transformative and reassuring power of God. However, one of them in particular stayed with me. When I asked my interviewee if he would like to share anything that I neglected to ask him, he took this opportunity to ask me pointedly about my own faith story. As I began telling him about my background as a pastor's kid and the role of my church community, much like I began today's faith statement, He politely stopped me, telling me that Christianity is truly meaningful and relevant in personal, individual, and lived encounters with God. This powerful lesson in an unanticipated and unlooked-for place was yet another example to me of God's omnipotence and realness outside of the compartmentalized and constrained places we choose to keep God through my ongoing engagement within and outside the larger Goshen College community. My understanding of spirituality and God's presence has grown beyond my compartmentalized understanding to a deeper, more encompassing, and inclusive perception of God that allows me to see God God not merely in prescribed, designated settings, but in and among the very fragments of my lived experience in the astute concern and compassion of others, in spiritual sharing and dialogue, in delicious house meals, in the renewal of a neglected friendship, in timely and unlooked-for wisdom in making difficult decisions, or in the beauty of a housemate's artwork. With graduation behind me and the conclusion of my time at Goshen slowly approaching, I look forward to new opportunities of finding God and stretching the boundaries of my awareness and acknowledgement of God's presence in my life. As I start afresh, seeking other faith communities and my continued exploration of God, I am thankful for the opportunities of growth and reflection I have encountered in my time at Goshen. Thanks. Please turn to 511 in the blue hymnals, 511, God Who Touches Earth.
2: Well hello. There's going to be some things today said that may rub you the wrong way. I hope that uh, you'll be challenged today. I hope that you'll be encouraged, but also challenged. Uh, I hope you won't just write some of this off and that you'll ask yourself some tough questions maybe after today. If something doesn't sit well with you, if something does rub you the wrong way. Um, If I can, I'd like to uh, lead us in prayer quick, so please uh, bow your heads with me, if you will. Father, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to share, and just this opportunity as a a college to meet, Lord, and just to be at this college. We we often forget how blessed we are, and how many kids and and people our age around the, the world would love to just be here where we're at right now, and we can think of a lot of reasons that we don't want to be here in a lot of the places we'd rather be. Lord, but I just hope that we would realize how blessed we are and that we would use this opportunity to be at college, to learn, to grow in multiple aspects of our lives, Lord, not only closer to you, but academically, athletically, socially, Lord. And just thank you again. I pray that uh, you will open our hearts and our minds, Lord, to to the words. And uh, I pray that you you would speak through me this morning, Lord. Thank you again for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 1 Peter 3.15 reads, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It is my hope that after today you will have a small glimpse of my story and why I stand firm on the unshakable person and promise of Jesus Christ and why he is the Lord of my life. You know, I haven't always believed in God. At least I didn't live like it. I never went to church growing up. and My mom just now started going to church again. And my dad, who is is one of the best providers and respectable men I know, doesn't really ever talk about God. Um, I actually got baptized this summer before my freshman year here. Not because I had an epiphany one day, but as C.S. Lewis writes, and I relate to this very much, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And after I came out of the water, I didn't really feel any different. Um, But when I got to Goshen, I was blessed really to have an excellent mentor and man of God as my coach, Stan Doherty, who is no longer here, but is actually the athletic director at my high school. So I get to see him a lot, which is crazy. Just an awesome situation that has God written all over it, but that's a whole other story. He led the Fellowship of Christian Athletes my first two years on campus, and directed me to River Oaks Community Church where I was challenged and grew. Coach D was quite open about his faith with our team throughout both seasons, and you know, it was just like after taking that initial leap of faith, getting baptized, and asking the Spirit to dwell inside me, even though I didn't have all the answers at the time, certain things we talked about just sent excitement through my body. Certain things that I never really understood when people talked about them before, like Christ and servanthood and dying to self, all that stuff started to make a little bit of sense now. The voice that had always been there, it had always been there, but now it was louder. And now I couldn't, I couldn't just ignore it now. You know, I don't have all the answers up here. I, I don't. I don't have all the answers. But I'll tell you one thing. The gospel has rocked my life. I didn't hit rock bottom or anything I don't need some kind of crutch in my life, but the more I read this book and the more I read this book, the more I want this Jesus guy to be proud of me. The more I want to love like he did, to show radical and countercultural compassion like he did, kindness, service, grace, forgiveness abounds like he did. That's why I'm the way that I am. That's why I do what I do. Brothers and sisters, I am not perfect, and I continue to struggle with certain aspects of my life. Claiming to be a Christian, though, is not claiming to be perfect. In fact, it's claiming the opposite. It's admitting, hey, I screw up a lot. I'm selfish, conceited, greedy, angry, lustful, and these traits don't hurt just me, but other people in my life that I love. And I'm sick of it. I can't do it by myself. No one can. Let me repeat that. No one can. And if you think you can, you're not quite as smart as you think you are. The church is a hospital for the sick not a museum for the saints. It's a hospital for the sick, not a museum for the saints. Let me assure the skeptics in the room that I'm not delusional, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not weak-minded, I'm not less intelligent, I'm not desperate. Rather, I'm a fully functioning human being, and I will tell you one thing. My mind is not the only means I use to decipher truth in this world. And if you forget about the heart, brothers and sisters, you have missed out on so much. For example... I love my mother to death, and she loves my brother and I to death. I just got done talking to her last night, and you know, she struggles with things, but she was an excellent mother to me, raised my brother and I, just and I'm forever grateful for that. But this was not something I came to through the scientific method, not something I rationalized, reasoned, or came through came to through logic. It's something that I experienced in my heart. But it's true nonetheless. Truth, therefore, cannot be deciphered with only the mind, but the heart as well. But it seems in our society, doesn't it, with our our need for instant gratification, email now, double cheeseburger now, answers now, our advanced race and technological advances and reliance on only the scientific method for deciphering truth that we have forgot about the heart. Brothers and sisters, the scientific method cannot explain everything. There is more to poetry than mere words on a page. Music is so much deeper than simply symbols and notes, and love is not just chemical firings in the brain. There's so much more to these things, and we all know that, don't we? And yet, you can't make an equation or quantify or measure this stuff in a test tube. Now, I am not degrading science, and some of you have just written me off as not actually understanding science and the scientific method. Don't write me off just yet. All I am saying is that science is limited in its ability to explain everything. I really do love science. I do. Science is wonderful. And as a Christian, I can happily and excitingly accept the new findings in research and research in science and incorporate those into my worldview. God is wonderful, but a pure naturalist cannot accept that in which he cannot see, test, or prove, and therefore anything spiritual or metaphysical cannot be incorporated into his worldview. I think there are, there are four main questions that every person will eventually ask themselves in this life. Number one, origin. How did I come to be? How did life come to be? Number two, meaning, do I matter? Why am I here? What is my purpose while I'm here? Number three, morality. How should I live while I'm here? Does it matter how I live while I'm here? And lastly, destiny. Where am I going when I die? What happens to me? These are huge questions, and yet science cannot give you answers to all these questions. No one in history has had the impact or influence on the world like Jesus Christ. No one. Not Muhammad, not Christian, not Albert Einstein, not horse, the Egyptian God, no one. He had the audacity to claim that he was one with God, that he was God, not a prophet or a messenger, but God himself. Let me share with you this quote from the French general and historical icon Napoleon Bonaparte, hailed as one of the greatest leaders this world has ever seen. He says, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires, but on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love, and at this hour, billions of men and women would die for him. Billions. This hour. Right now. And let me assure you, as the writer of Hebrews so bluntly lays out, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. He is the same to yesterday, today, and forever. I say amen to that. We worship an awesome God, a huge God. And one of, one of my favorite lectures I've, I've ever heard was by a man named Louis Giglio. And uh, I've talked about this a lot to people. I know the FCA crew is, has heard and watched this before, and they're probably laughing right now. That I'm about to share this. Where you guys at, by the way? Where's my FCA crew? Yeah. This will, uh, this will really blow your mind. It, uh, it messed me up, for real. Um, scientists have discovered that the largest star in the universe, um, they've discovered the largest star in the universe and they've named it fittingly Canis Majoris. In Latin, that roughly translates to the big dog star Canis Majoris, the big dog star. This star is huge. It's huge. It's so big, okay, that if the Earth were a golf ball, okay, find yourself, Goshen College, if the earth were a golf ball, it would be the size of Mount Everest. Okay, that didn't do it for anybody. Okay, Maybe, uh, maybe you need to buy a plane ticket, Do, get your little park on, hike up to, to Mount Everest, pull out your little golf ball, and maybe it'll sink in. That's big. That's huge. How about, all right, here's, a, here's another one. If the earth were a golf ball, Canis Majoris would be 22 inches deep of golf balls across the state of Texas. Imagine this room 22 inches deep in golf balls. Okay, that's a lot. Just this is room. Texas. Alright, I think it's sinking in a little bit. Find yourself. Think of Texas in golf balls. That's how many earths would fit into Canis Majoris. It's huge. And I will, I will debate you for hours and hours, and I will win because I know for a fact that our God, as it says in the first line of that poem, that is Genesis, Genesis 1, and yes, it is a poem, created the heavens and the earth. Our God created the heavens and the earth. Canis Majoris you made that. We are not merely the products of time plus matter plus chance. We are not the ancestors of primordial soup. all right? We're just not. But as G.K. Chesterton writes, when belief in God becomes difficult, and I think it does for us at times, when belief in God becomes difficult, the tendency is to turn away from Him. But in heaven's name to what? That's not my that's not my quote. that's G.K. Chesterton. But in heaven's name to what? I think he nails it right on the head. You know, What, what do we turn to? To momentary blurts of, of pleasure? You know, to, to our girlfriend, our boyfriend, to our job, another appealing religion. To what? What do we turn to? Our God is huge and far, far bigger than our problems. But what's even cooler, what's even cooler is this God wants our problems, our pain, our hurt. Jesus says in Matthew, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants to know you; and he wants you to know him. If you feel like you've if, you've, if you've lost your faith a little, or in a rut, or feel spiritually empty at this point in your life, I completely relate. I really do. I feel like I'm just not coming out of one of those phases, and it's crazy. I'm even up here speaking to y'all, but uh, but God is good, and He works in mysterious ways. And if you just surrender and ask. And earnestly, earnestly seek out answers to your questions. You'll find them. I promise you. But you must open the door. And not only the door of your mind, but the door of your heart. He's knocking. Let him in. I want to pray with you all real, real quick, and, and then I'll be done. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for this uh, this quick opportunity to to share, Lord. And I hope that, that these words, Lord, have, have impacted some people in here and, and challenged them and encouraged them. And uh, I pray that that we will realize that our relationship with you, Lord, will change when our relationship with sin changes. Lord, if we want to know that you dwell inside of us, we need to look at, at our relationship to sin. And we need to 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 love the things that you love and to hate the things that you hate, Lord, and help us to realize that. Help us to realize what those are, Lord, and, and what it really, really means to follow you. And um, I pray that we'll find answers to our questions, Lord, because we got them. We got a lot of them. But, uh, but I know that, that they're there, and, and all truth is your truth, Lord, and that we will find those answers if we earnestly seek them out. Lord, thank you again for the, just the, the promise that you've given us and, and the hope that we have because, in this world, Lord, we don't have hope in much else. There's not hope in much else, and we just thank you for that. uh, In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
1: We will sing now from Sing the Journey, 78. We will walk with God, and the words will be displayed.